Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. That compared to being in relationship with you. They were so amazed and stricken and scared and terrified by your greatness, God, and your holiness that they told Moses, no, you hear from God. You hear from God and you tell us what he says. We're afraid to hear from him because we may die. And at some point, Moses said, God is going to raise up a prophet from among you like me in the future. What an amazing context because that's Jesus. Now we can go directly to the Father in the name of Jesus by his blood. Be right with you, God, because of what Jesus did and hear from you. You're still a consuming fire, but now because of the grace and the blood of Jesus shed for us, we can enter into the Holy of Holies. As flawed as we are, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. The one time, once and all, once for all, perfect sacrifice. He that takes away the sin of the world. What a deal. We did nothing to deserve that, God. We did nothing to deserve that. You just loved us. And you, you created heaven not just so you could be there alone. You created angels, but then you created us to be in communion with you. Creatures of two worlds, the physical and the spiritual world. We are a very unique creation. And God, we ask tonight that we be your prized creation. We know we have your favor, Lord. We know we have your grace. We're not going to spit on it in any way or disrespect it or trample on it. With your help, Lord, we are going to live holy. But our goal is to be close to you and closer every day and to hear from you and talk to you and obey you and get to know you more. Speak to your people tonight through your word, Lord. I'm a simple messenger. I'm not deep. I am not the greatest preacher. I don't have a flawless delivery. But Lord God, let your words penetrate hearts tonight. And as always, let your word fall on good ground. Not a not in stony places, not among thorns. Let your word fall on good ground in hearts tonight, Father. People of God, this is for you. There is something in this word tonight that is for you, not because I've crafted some amazing thing. It's because God's word is infallible. God's word that we're reading tonight, it's inspired and led by the Holy Spirit to give words of hope and truth and life and protection and wisdom to you and to be your source. Lord God, we bless your name. We trust you. There are those of you in here and on the live stream who say, man, I need to hear from God. You know what? You want to hear God speak? Yes, we do need Him in specific situations. Do you want to hear God speak every day? Get into the Word for yourself. Get into the Word in prayer. The basics. The basics of being a believer and serving God. You're doing so much right, even by coming to church, even by, by saying yes to Jesus. 
but you want to hear from God for your life and have direction, don't be like most believers who never crack open their Bible. Get into the Word. Get into the Word for yourself and for your family's sake and for your genera- future generation's sake. Start giving God yeses now. Say yes to God by getting into His Word. He has something in there for you, and I believe He has something for you tonight. Father, we thank You once again for this time. Your people who are here, whatever need, needs they have, I know You're meeting them. You're touching lives and hearts tonight. This is a great honor and privilege for me to be here and lead a service and speak your word, but let your word pierce hearts. Convict, change, edify, transform. We praise you, Lord, and may we no longer make excuses because you have made provision for everything. No more excuses. That we would turn and seek you like never before and not wait. And not wait. While the Spirit calls, we've got to listen and answer and obey. We thank you for tonight. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, somebody said... Amen. Good to see everybody in the house. Welcome back. I love you. God has a plan for you. Let's get into the Word. We're in the book of Jude. Believe I believe I left off at verse 6 last week, but I want to go back to verse 5, and then we'll, we'll get back to where we were. Jude. It is one book before Revelation. So it's 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and then Revelation. Some of you said, man, I didn't even know there was a book in the Bible named Jude. It's easy to miss. Very unique and interesting book. It has prophecy in it. It has references to the man of God from the Old Testament, Enoch. Enoch was, he was in such close relationship with God that at one point he didn't even die. God said, just come on and be up, be up here in heaven with me. I want you closer to me. So just come on up. So he just took him to heaven. He's one of two men that we know of in the Old Testament or in history that we know of that went to heaven without ever dying. And that is Enoch. In the, earlier in the Old Testament, and then Elijah. All right? So very, very unique. Some believe that they will become the two witnesses of Revelation. Now, maybe they're not. That's just conjecture. We don't know for sure. I can't tell you thus saith the Lord. There are other theories about that, um, who the two witnesses will be in the book of Revelation. So, but let's get into this. Jude, verse 5, chapter 1. There's only one chapter in this book. He says, so I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. So when he did that, that is God's mercy, right? You see, he's a savior. He's a rescuer. He's a merciful God. He's a great God. He hears his people. You guys heard me preach a couple weeks back about how God sees and hears and knows, right? And then he does something about it. He's an amazing, amazing God. So Jesus rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. We see that side of his character. But later he what? Destroyed those who did not remain faithful. It's amazing to me. You got Oprah and whoever else. Poor Oprah. I use her name in vain in services all the time. Just because she has such a big platform. And I don't ever want Christians to fall for that crazy stuff. But they say, my God would not do this. My God would not do that. Well, God has limited himself to his word. He's going to do what he does in his word. And we learn his character from the word. Can I get an amen in this house tonight? So I can't just wake up one morning and say, God wouldn't do that. Or, it's interesting that, Dad, you were talking about that. People get mad at God. They don't have an understanding of his word, of his character. That's between them and God. But you know what? We don't have a right 
to remain mad at God. You may have some seasons where you argue with him, you don't understand stuff, but you, you eventually need to get your heart right with him, right? Now, these folks that we were talking about tonight, they're probably not even saved. I don't, we don't know their story. But people blame God a lot for what's going on. People get so mad at God, they say, I don't believe in him, like they're going to teach him a lesson. They'll tell you they're an atheist, but really, many times, they're just mad at him. Now, they don't understand why he does what he does, but if someone murdered one of their family members or stole from them or beat you up in the street, you want the judge to do the right thing, don't you? If someone kidnapped your husband, well, most of you, I mean, would. Is that the best, is that the best example? It's not this, okay. If someone kidnapped your wife, you know what I mean. And you love them and like them and want to be with them, right? You would want the judge to make strong judgment with repercussions and consequences. Can I get another amen? But why do we hold God to a different standard? Who are we to say what's right and wrong as, as it relates to God? He gave us right and wrong. People go, I don't really believe in God, but hey, man, that's not fair what they did. Well, who got that standard? Where did that standard come from? That came from God. I don't believe in God, but oh, it's not right to kill people. What's true for you is true for you. You need to, you need to have your truth. A guy got on the subway years ago and killed someone brutally. He was a nuthead. He killed, he killed, he was, I don't know if he's out of his mind, he killed someone on the subway train in front of everybody and that was his truth no you got to have a standard of truth and there has to be judgment for wrong actions man after all his mercy scripture says he destroyed those who did not remain faithful what what happened they died out in the desert let's keep going he's a god of love and mercy and grace and favor but he's also a god of wrath scripture says man it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry god it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a of a living God. Wow. And then the writer here, Jude, goes on to say, we believe Jude was one of Jesus' younger brothers. Remember, Jesus was the oldest. He was the firstborn, Mary's firstborn. He said, And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. I referred to this last week. I won't get real deep into it. God has kept them what? Securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. These are fallen angels who mixed with women and had legends of renown we believe that even mythology is based in truth with giants and these superhero type people back in the day they were offspring of fallen angels and human women ladies even the fallen angels thought y'all were beautiful what do you say when god creates he knows how to create right it says in the book of genesis they saw the daughters of mankind and said hey man wow these are these are good looking uh individuals <laughs> but they crossed a boundary there that God had never allowed. He, God never meant for angels to mix with humans like that. And then he goes on to something that hits even closer to home for us. And don't forget, someone say don't forget. Sodom and Gomorrah. My wife and I like to say Sodom and Gomorrah. I think it was Jackie Gleason in a movie who said that years ago. It's a, it's a regular Sodom and Gomorrah, and that may be the right way to pronounce it. Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with what? immorality and every kind of sexual perversion please stop there to this day it's amazing to me the liberties that people take with scriptures 
I've heard of folks that were living that lifestyle of sexual perversion. You say, oh, you mean just homosexuality? You mean just transvestitism? I don't, think, I don't know if that's a word. Or No, I mean just any kind of sexual perversion. Someone who's straight can sleep with a million people, right? That's sexually perverted. It's not just homosexuality or any other kind. I'm not going to mention all these because it gets, gets to be shameful. But these, these towns were filled with sexual perversion. And you'll have people have the gall to say, you know what? I've heard this doctrine. Say, no, you know why God judged Sodom and Gomorrah? Because they were inhospitable. I've heard that doctrine. Inhospitable. Angels showed up, which I assume angels are good-looking guys. And the men in the town wanted to have sexual relations with them. Does it? Uh, that sounds a little bit more than inhospitable, don't you think? It's okay to laugh if that's a little shock value, but that's just in my DNA, the shock value. What? Yeah, they were inhospitable, but they were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion, and God rained down judgment on them. This is not a popular statement to make, but I'm going to make it anyway because it's unpopular. I've heard preachers say this, and I'm going to quote, say, man, if God does not judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm not saying God has to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's what I'm really saying. I'm saying that God will always judge sin if it's not atoned for, repented of. Jesus atoned for it. People just have to accept the sacrifice. The world must be judged. People say, how can you say that and get puffed up? I've read the book of Revelation. He's a God of mercy and grace, and his judgment is to draw people to him. But you're going to see in the book of Revelation, read on if you haven't been in there in a while. Some judgment just makes people more angry with God. You think people go to hell and long for Jesus eternally? No. I believe, this is my opinion, that people die and go to hell and they reject and curse God eternally because they died with their heart wrong. And they have eternal separation from God. And they hate him for it and blame him for it. Okay? More shock value. So here was the judgment of God. Does everyone see that? Not trying to freak you out tonight, but if it freaks you out, that's okay. It's God's word. We'll just drop a grenade, right? Boom! Those cities were destroyed by fire. Say, man, by fire? I mean, was that actual fire? Oh, man, it, it says... It says he rained down, I believe, sulfur and brimstone. Isn't that crazy? Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Is it God's goal to just judge you unmercifully? No, God's goal is to be in relationship with you. But there are consequences. You are his creation. I'm telling you. People accuse God of being unrighteous when they go, why would God do this? Why would God do that? Why does he operate that way? Who are we to think we know anything? He's been alive forever, and here I am in my 40s. I don't know much. And it's amazing, if we're honest with ourselves, the older we get, some of you that are a little older than me in this room, maybe a year or two older than me, the older you get, are you with me on that? It's like the less you know. Not that you just forget everything, but it's almost like years are humbling. Man, I, there's so much I don't know, Lord. Would you talk to me about it? Here I am, I've been married 16 years, and I still, I still make mistakes. Man, I think I'm a pretty good husband, but man, there's times I, 
I just have so much to learn. I want to do good. I want to be better. I want to be a, a great example of what a man of God and a husband and an uncle should be and a pastor. Let's go back to this, though. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. So let's make sure we're on the same page right now before we move on. God is a God of lovey, love, love and mercy. But just like Scripture says, behold the goodness and the severity of God. He is a consuming fire. He loves you. He wants you in heaven. Scripture said he's not willing that anyone should perish. He don't want you to die without Jesus, without knowing him. But when people reject God, and who knows how many times it takes, there is judgment. There's consequences. Amazing to me, now more than ever, some of our more mature crowd in here says, well, no, there's got to be consequences. But younger folks, I don't know that I'm speaking to anyone in particular in here or on the live stream, but let's just get this out there. Younger folks don't want there to be consequences for their actions. I've dealt with people personally who want to be leaders like leaders, for real. Like, I need a title. I want to be a leader, but this is too harsh that the, this, these consequences be brought on by my actions. Well, hmm. To whom much is given, much is required. That's what Scripture says. I didn't make that up. I'm not clever enough to come up with that. So remember that. God is a God of judgment. I don't mean for you to run around scared and stuff, but we should fear God, a healthy respect of, man, I'm going to live right because there's consequences. There's stuff I'm not going to mess with. Say, oh, man, my wife will find out. No, hey, I don't want to hurt my wife in any way, but I don't want to offend God. You know, man, man, I, Wednesday night sometimes, man, I just feel unleashed. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know in the old, you know in the old, the old language, we, get, we have the word Holy Ghost. You know where ghost comes from? A word that means guest. I told a man of God years ago, I said, man, I, w I told him, I said, I I went to go see that movie, and I said, man, it kind of convicted me. And it was a PG-13 movie. I was telling him I saw it, and then I, then I told him, man, yeah, now that I say it, I've kind of convicted me. I guess I was confessing my sin to him. I don't know. And he said, you know why you're, you feel convicted? He was real merciful and godly. I said, why? He said, the Holy Ghost, he's, he's your guest. So, yes, I don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to hurt any of you. But man, I do not want to disappoint or grieve the Spirit of God. Not intentionally, anyway. Man, today I told the Lord, Lord, if there's any sin that I've forgot, I don't run around scared like, man, God's about to destroy me. No, no, no. I have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I tell the Lord, you know what? If there's a sin I forgot about, please forgive me and cover me. Sins I've committed. That's a sin of commission or a sin of omission, meaning I, I just didn't do something you asked me to do. Lord, I just want to be right with you. Cover me. Cover me. All right? I want to be right with him. I want to be right with him. In the same way, these people, now, really unusual, some of the statements that Jude makes. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams, he's addressing something. I have met people that you can share the word with them and they go, yeah, but, you know, I had a, I've met people like that. Yeah, but I had a dream. I love telling this story. Some of you are newer here, so you haven't heard it yet. But my dad said, I think it was the second church he had pastored at. He was a young man. Probably his late 20s, I don't, I don't know. But he said a woman came to him one day, real spiritual at church, said, Pastor, would you pray for me? He said, 
Sure. He spoke too soon, right? You guys, many of you have heard this story because y'all know my stuff. You've been here a while. But she said, Pastor, would you pray that God kill my husband? What? She said, yeah, I, I, I believe God has showed me that he's going to give me, he's going to give me a, a younger husband. Wow, she was ambitious, man. Not scriptural, not godly, not good. But, man, she was, she was aiming for the fence. I, I, don't know, I don't know what my dad responded to her, but can you? Like, I've, and I've been told some crazy stuff myself. They're going beyond the word. Let me tell you right now. My wife told me the story before she was my wife, that she was talking to a guy, and a guy said, well, don't you think, help me out, baby. He told you, I think it was on a mission trip. He said, don't you think there's so much more than the Bible? You remember that guy told you that? Like, brother, be careful. You're going to get in deep waters, and you're going to drown all in. You're going to take in water into your lungs and die. He's so much bigger than the Bible. God has limited himself to his word because he's God, and he chooses to deal with us through the covenant. So I'm saying all this to say this. You always got to go back to the word. People who claim authority from their dreams, man, you may have had some bad frijoles. I've dreamed off-the-wall stuff. You want, to tell you, you want to tell you what I dreamed one time? Let me see if I can remember. Oh, yeah, I told my wife. She told me, you need to tell so-and-so that dream. I was hanging out with some people, and um, Tom Brady was there. I don't like Tom Brady. All I remember the dream, he was tall, but I knew that. He's well over six foot. Tom Brady was there, and he was being a punk. He was being an alpha male. Some of you are like, well, that's Tom. I mean, whatever. I have a grudge against him because he always beat my Steelers so often. But anyway, I don't watch much football anymore. So Tom Brady was there, and he's being a jerk. No, I'm going to just show you about dreams. Because some are from God, and some are from you got cold in your sleep. You had a stomachache. I don't know. Tom Brady was there. He's being a jerk. And then one of our friends, I don't remember who it was. It was a girl, though. And she said, you know what? I know how to get him to listen. And I'm like, okay. And stop bullying us. Because he was just being a jerk. And I was just kind of standoffish. This girl walked out of the room and came back dressed as Chuck Norris. Are you getting this dream? This is real. I would not make this up in here. She had Chuck Norris haircut, a handlebar mustache from the 70s, but her hair was black. But she looked, it was like Chuck Norris had dyed his hair and she was this tall. And then, and then Tom Brady thought it was Chuck Norris and started acting right. You know how stupid that dream is? That's the, no, no, let me tell you about my dream. And I'm stepping on my own toes here. That has to be one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. But it's entertaining. People who claim authority from their dreams. Can you imagine if I came to you and I'm like, sister, brother, no, you know, I had a dream about Tom Brady and here's what God's saying. Now he can speak through something like that, but that, that dream, I, Wow. And Lord, correct me, man, if that dream was for you, from you, I'm sorry, and I missed it, but man, <laughs> man. Let's get back to the scripture here. These people who claim authority from their dreams, oh yeah, I've, you know, God told me I'm going to get another husband, I'm going to get another wife, I don't know. They live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff as supernatural beings. They're not serving God, and they make fun of demons, they make fun of whatever. It's like, man, you don't want to get in that territory. You're not serving God. You don't have the authority of Jesus. You don't want to mess with that stuff. Look, 
But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, he did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. Look at this. This what? This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. Now, is that an unusual statement? Remember, Moses went up on a mountain to die, so God hid his body, but the enemy was around, and he's a spiritual being. We don't know to this day what would Satan have done with Moses' body. Well, I can only guess. Try to get people to worship it, set up a shrine. Here's your great leader. I don't, I don't know, man. But that's, that's what it says in the Word. Let's move on. You can look into that. Don't look too deeply, though, all right? That's an interesting and an unusual story. But these people scoff at things they do not understand. Ooh, this is going to get heavy now. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them. You ever met people like that? I've had people tell me, oh, Pastor, I, Matt, I can't, even, I can't control myself. I just do it. I just listen to my body. Hmm. Be careful with that. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them. And so they bring about what? Their own destruction. Just doing stuff. Remember the saying from the 70s? And people still do it. If it feels good, do it. Mm-mm. You don't want to be led by that. Mm-mm. They're like unthinking animals. They're doing things by instinct. What sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain. Remember that? Cain killed Abel. First recorded murder. Man, he killed his brother. Or like Balaam. They deceived people for money. Remember Balaam and the donkey? Look into that story. That is also... A very, very unforgettable story. And like who else? Korah. Korah rebelled against Moses and said, in the New Living Translation, he told Moses, you go too far. God speaks to all of us. Well, at some point in those scriptures, because, see, the sister and the brother of Moses had also stood up against Moses, like Korah did. Something similar, not as drastic. And you know what God told them? God said, if there's a prophet among you, I speak to him in dreams. Or I'll give him a vision. But Moses, I speak to him face to face. <laughs> and you know what Moses would do every time people would come against him? He would fall down before God. Like, oh God, your judgment's coming. This was before Jesus. So man, there was no filter. You walk into God's presence, unholy, unrighteous, man, you, you drop dead. So this guy, Korah, he perished in his rebellion. The author of Jude, which is we credit Jude with writing this book, he's giving examples of different kinds of sin. Man, don't come against God's authority. Mm-mm. I've seen people die. I remember at this church, there was somebody, they were very rebellious, and they were just kind of troublemakers. I'll never forget, a prophet came to this church, and they were sitting right over there. And the prophet said, you know what? I just saw a spirit of rebellion float by here. It just sounded crazy. Like, what? This prophet was something else. Man, everything he said came to pass. They were sitting right over there, and he said, you don't believe this word I speak today? Look how, this sounds like Old Testament, doesn't it? He said, you don't believe this word I speak today, and you have a disrespect for the Spirit of God? I'm speaking under the anointing of God. In six months, you'll be dead. And sure enough, I knew who it was when he spoke, and they were dead. Wow. I do not want to. Can you imagine dying in rebellion to God? We've had fun tonight, but man, there's some heavy stuff in this book, isn't there? Wow. Hang with me. Come on, let's move on. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals commemorating the Lord's love, they're like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. 
Let's just stop there right now. And I'm going to have to stop there for tonight, Jude 1.12. But let, let me get into this briefly, and then we'll pray and move on. You ever heard of a wolf in sheep's clothing? If you got someone going to a church, look, I know you people are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you're not troublemakers. I know that for a fact. This is for everybody in this house, those on live stream, whoever. But let me say this boldly and with the authority Jesus has given me. I don't know why people would want to go to a church and cause trouble. Like, go to the world. Go to the bar and cause a fight. You have to be an agent of Satan if you show up and you're a dangerous reef that can shipwreck someone. What is a reef? It's just beneath the surface. You can't see it, but it can mess up your ship. Why? Because it's, there's that word, it's shallow. These people are shallow. But they can get people shipwrecked. Why would you go to a church and give pastors problems? You say, oh, he's not that impressive. She's not that impressive at that church or whatever. Yeah, but they've been assigned by God to care for the flock. Man, don't give pastors problems. Don't give other believers problems. My dad has prophesied over the years. It freaks me out. And I've seen it happen. Where dad said, this guy doesn't get right, he's going to die. I've seen it happen. And they were causing trouble, saying things. It's like, why would you act like that? Just love God, fear Him. If you're going to serve God, look how easy this is. You're going to serve God, go all in. If not, don't, right? Why try to serve God and then give people trouble and come against authority? No, 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 no. Put God first, love Him. Always ask God to deal with your heart. Always. I always tell the Lord, Lord, check my heart. Check my motives, please. I want to be a good pastor. I want to love people. I want to be a good example. So, remember, be ye encouraged. <laughs> don't, be, don't be down on yourself or anything. God's word is for correction, rebuke, exhortation, edification, right? It's for all the above. It takes care of everything. Someone say, God's word takes care of everything. Someone say, I love what God has to say. I believe it. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. We stop there at Jude 1.12. Is there anybody in this house at the sound of my voice? They would say, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life, ever. And if I died tonight or tomorrow or next week or next month, I'm not sure if I'd go to heaven or hell. If that's you, please raise your hand tonight. I want to pray with you. There's no shame in this. Mm -mm, don't be ashamed of Jesus. You say, man, I need to get in right relationship with God. I don't know what would happen to me if I died. If that's you tonight, nobody's looking at you, just me. Raise your hand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with you. We'll pray as a family. Is there anyone in here tonight who needs to accept the Lord and make him Savior? Go ahead and pray this prayer with me for those listening to this later. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I need you. I can't live without you. Please forgive me and come into my heart. Say, I confess Jesus as Lord. And I believe he died and rose again for me. Save me, Lord. In Jesus' name, I believe. Say thank you for coming into my life. Now change me in the name of Jesus. That same attitude and spirit of reverence, let me pray this prayer over you tonight. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you, Lord God, that you are with us. You will never forsake us, never leave us. And we give you glory for another night together in your presence at this worship service. We know you're faithful, and we know your word is powerful, and we want to be close to you. 
So we will draw close to you, and you will draw close to us according to your word. If we'll draw close to you, you'll draw close to us. And if we call on you, you will answer. We thank you for your goodness tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.